Section 2 of Worker Classification, Employee Status under the National Labor Relations Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, and the ABC Test by John Shima Bukuro of the Congressional Research Service. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The classification of workers as employees rather than independent contractors is critical for purposes of most federal and state labor and employment laws. In general, the rights and protections afforded by these laws are available only to employees and not to independent contractors, defined as individuals who are retained to complete a specific project but are free to do the assigned work and to choose the method for accomplishing it. The misclassification of workers as independent contractors leads not only to the denial of entitlements, like overtime compensation, but also results in economic loss to the government. The U.S. Department of Labor has observed, quote, employee misclassification generates substantial losses to the federal government and state governments in the form of lower tax revenues as well as to state unemployment insurance and workers' compensation funds, unquote. Because labor and employment laws often define who may be considered an employee in a vague or circular fashion, courts and administrative bodies have adopted various tests for making classification determinations. In general, these tests require consideration of various factors, such as the control exercised by an alleged or putative employer over the worker, to determine whether an individual is an employee or independent contractor. Notably, different laws may require the use of different tests, with some tests possibly emphasizing certain factors over others. This report examines the tests used to determine employee status for purposes of two federal labor and employment laws, the National Labor Relations Act, or NLRA, which recognizes a right to engage in collective bargaining for most private sector employees, and the Fair Labor Standards Act, or FLSA, which requires employers to pay a minimum wage and overtime compensation for hours worked in excess of a 40-hour work week. In addition to being two discrete tests, both have recently been reconsidered by the federal agencies that enforce the NLRA and FLSA. The report also reviews the so-called ABC test, an alternative test that has been adopted by at least 20 states and the District of Columbia to determine employee status for purposes of state unemployment compensation programs and at least some state employment laws. Unlike the tests used for the NLRA and FLSA, the ABC test presumes that a worker is an employee. The individual would be classified as an independent contractor only if the hiring entity can satisfy the test's three elements. The test is deemed the ABC test because of this standard. Some have argued that the ABC test should be used generally for employee status determinations because it provides greater predictability for workers. Legislation that would adopt the ABC test to determine employee status for purposes of the NLRA was recently approved by the U.S. House of Representatives. National Labor Relations Act 
The NLRA attempts to mitigate and eliminate labor-related obstructions to the free flow of commerce by encouraging the practice and procedure of collective bargaining. Section 7 of the NLRA states, quote, Employees shall have the right to self-organization, to form, join, or assist labor organizations, to bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing, and to engage in other concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining or other mutual aid or protection, unquote. The NLRA requires an employer to negotiate in good faith with a labor organization that becomes the exclusive representative for a bargaining unit of employees. Independent contractors are specifically excluded from the NLRA's definition for the term employee. Thus, independent contractors do not enjoy the rights and protections afforded by the law and an employer is not required to negotiate with them over the terms and conditions of their employment. To determine whether a worker is an employee or independent contractor, the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB or Board, the federal agency that administers the NLRA, applies a common law agency test that examines various factors derived from the restatement second of agency. These factors include the extent of control a hiring entity exercises over the worker, whether the worker is engaged in a distinct occupation or business, and the level of skill required of the worker to provide services. Footnote. Restatement second of agency, section 220, sub 2, by the American Law Institute, 1958. Quote, In determining whether one, acting for another, is a servant or an independent contractor, the following matters of fact, among others, are considered. A. The extent of control which, by the agreement, the master may exercise over the details of the work. B. Whether or not the one employed is engaged in a distinct occupation or business. See the kind of occupation, with reference to whether, in the locality, the work is usually done under the direction of the employer or by a specialist without supervision. D. The skill required in the particular occupation. E. Whether the employer or the workman supplies the instrumentalities, tools, and the place of work for the person doing the work. F the length of time for which the person is employed. G, the method of payment, whether by the time or by the job. H, whether or not the work is part of the regular business of the employer. I, whether or not the parties believe they are creating the relation of master and servant. And J, whether the principal is or is not in the business. Unquote. Returning to the text. In applying the common law agency test, the NLRB and courts have indicated that no one factor is determinative and that the relationship between a hiring entity and an individual should be evaluated in its entirety. In NLRB versus United Insurance Company of America, a 1968 case involving the employment classification of a group of insurance workers, 
the U.S. Supreme Court observed, quote, there is no shorthand formula or magic phrase that can be applied to find the answer, but all of the incidents of the relationship must be assessed and weighed with no one factor being decisive. What is important is that the total factual context is assessed in light of the pertinent common law agency principles." Unquote. The party asserting an individual's classification as an independent contractor has the burden of establishing that worker status. Since universal insurance, the NLRB has on occasion revisited the use of the common law agency test to determine employee status. For example, in FedEx Home Delivery, a 2014 case involving the package delivery company's drivers, the board explained the significance of considering a worker's entrepreneurial opportunity for economic gain or loss when applying the common law agency test. Although the board had previously considered entrepreneurial opportunity in the past, it sought in FedEx Home Delivery to more clearly define the analytical significance of this factor. A majority of the board maintained that no one factor is decisive, that it would give weight to only actual and not theoretical entrepreneurial opportunity, and that any constraints imposed by a company on an individual's ability to pursue such an opportunity would be considered. Notably, consistent with the court's decision in universal insurance, the board majority emphasized that entrepreneurial opportunity should be considered together with the other common law factors. The majority noted that, along with evaluating the relevant common law factors, it should also consider whether the evidence demonstrated that the putative independent contractor is, in fact, rendering services as part of an independent business. Applying the common law agency test to the FedEx drivers, the board majority concluded that the workers satisfied most of the common law factors and should be considered employees and not independent contractors. The majority found that FedEx exercised pervasive control over the drivers' day-to-day -day work, that the drivers performed duties that were a regular part of FedEx's business, and that no special skills were required for the drivers to perform their duties. Moreover, the majority maintained that the drivers had little entrepreneurial opportunity for gain or loss for them to be considered independent contractors. For example, the majority considered the fact that the driver's arrangement with FedEx prevented them from working with other employers and that the driver's work commitment to FedEx hindered their abilities to pursue other commercial opportunities. The majority also noted the driver's inability to exercise control over FedEx's business strategy or change the prices charged to customers as evidence of the driver's status as employees. Nevertheless, a dissenting board member criticized the majority's evaluation of the driver's employee status, contending that the majority reduced entrepreneurial opportunity for gain or loss to a mere sub-factor in their analysis.
The dissent identified the driver's ability to sell their delivery routes, in particular, as evidence of actual entrepreneurial opportunity, and maintained that the majority failed to consider the full impact of what a sale signifies in the context of the common law test. End of section 2